at some point we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds. Monkey spanking, I've been voodoo lounging up outside the blanket. Give back to the fact that I relax. I'm more wild than a child up in Michael Jack's lap. Now you're envious of what? These big old nuts. One bust dust, the other pump rust. So with the audible smoke, signal rock, flick a bust. Time to shine around them ladies, I'll be like, oh, Why the downtown clubs keep taking my dust? A chicken as she cross the road because she goes wherever she clubs. And late at night, y'all can cry for a miracle. Dance around the flames of the shadow beat ritual. Arrive my mechanical snail. All the way to hell and while we're on the way, can we stop off at the brass rail? Why so I could blow the rest of my man? A girl's a shake tail, cause you know it never fell. On the wrong station, fucking deuce. Sleep deprivation, we can sleep when we die. Now let's all get high. Fucking deuce. Sleep deprivation got me on the wrong style, rocking on the wrong station. Fucking deuce. Sleep deprivation, we can sleep when we die. Now let's all get In the wind in the city of sharks And with the broken hearts And then the rap race Falling on your fat face Out of place, Bay Area Mass hysteria Bad taste Microclimate The streets of Oakland It won't stay silent Got me split wide open Jumping off the Golden Gate Into the ocean Cause I can't relate To all my people in the city San Jose All the way to the real nitty gritty It's a tough titty Make my attitude shitty But fuck your pity All my peoples like you with me Where you at? Stone the E Wholehearted Retarded artifact Rocking on the wrong station, fucking juice. Sleep deprivation, we can sleep when we die. Now let's all get high. Fucking juice. Sleep deprivation got me on the wrong style. Rocking on the wrong station, fucking juice. Sleep deprivation, we can sleep when we die. Now let's all get high.
That was FTB. That was sleep deprivation. It was possibly the most San Jose song that we have that doesn't directly mention San Jose, but once what's up councilman. <laughs> uh, you know, it's been a rough week here in San Jose. Uh, so, uh, thoughts and prayers. Um, but, uh, yeah, doing okay. As far as Friday goes in our Fan- personal little corner of the world. Fantastic. You resetting your internet equipment certainly helps this, this a lot. Your, your video looks like, a like not a Nintendo. Thank you. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Hopefully it'll keep up. Oh yeah. It's also just good practice to do it once a week. So if you remember to do it once a week before down ballot, your internet, your internet stuff will be smooth and smooth sailing all the time. Anyway, you see, you get local news, you get derp, you get conspiracy theories and you get good uh, advice for your uh, digital literacy. So make sure you listen to down ballot every Friday at 8 PM. That's when we're here. That's right. Everybody. This is a live show. We do this Fridays at 8 p.m. Pacific, though that might start changing. Um, we may have to work around bike party a little bit uh, mm. in the future, but that's one of them good problems. That's a great problem to have. But support us at patreon.com slash echoplex. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, make sure you follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash echoplex media. You never use Twitch. We're actually probably a pretty good landing place because people in our community are real nice. They'll explain some things to you. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe some angry person with a sword will kick you out. Who knows? Anything There's is possible. A- there's tons of helpful shit on our network, so just make sure that you tune in at all times. So uh, we decided not to cover, there was a shooting this week at the VTA yard. Uh, we decided not to cover it just because all the details are coming out and it's, um, yeah, it, all the details are still coming out about what happened. And uh, uh, we probably will do a little bit of it on Sunday night, but we decided to cover other goings on in the Bay Area. I do encourage everybody to take a look at that, take a look at what's going on. It looks like the best coverage right now seems to be the Mercury News even though they don't have a lot of video. Mercury News is doing a pretty good job on this, and I usually am fairly critical of the Mercury News. So, I would agree. They're, they're doing a, a, as good a job as you can expect um, with the limited staff that they have now that they've laid off all their reporters. So, um, <laughs> But they're doing a, they're doing a great job of covering it. Um, and uh, yeah, like, uh, like you said, I think the Sunday show will be a good time to get into it because by that point, the second wave of stories will hit and the conspiracy theories and, the, and our, all of our friends and the, the potato people out there will come with their wacky theories about why and wherefore and what happens. So it'll be much more, much better fodder for us than uh, the straight news right yep. now. Well, but there will be no shortage of transit news this evening. Um, <laughs> None. We're going to, we're going to head up leading off. That's our first segment in this show. And it literally just means the things we decided to put first. So for leading off um, transit numbers in the Bay area seem to be on the uprise on most systems. And that's a good sign going forward. Unless you like having the train all to yourself, which I don't know. I didn't mind some of the time, especially when I went on there to, you know, not illegally download movies that I didn't want to do on my connect, my connection at home that I need. <laughs> good evening. I'm Ken Bastida. And I'm Elizabeth Cook. We start with the public transit now on the road to recovery. Trains and buses around the Bay area are getting more crowded as people head back into offices. New at six, Kit Doe on what you can expect if you're getting back on board. Kit. Yeah, so Bay Area Transit is recovering, and the numbers help to tell that story. We're very excited about what we're seeing for ridership. Glenn Hendricks is the chair of VTA's board of directors, and no wonder he sounds optimistic. VTA had steady increases in January, February, and March, topping out at more than 41,000 total weekday riders. Overall, VTA ridership is still down about 75-ish percent of normal, but that number is improving. And today, VTA announced they're cutting the social distance between riders in half. It had been six feet. It's now moving to three feet. 
and this will dramatically increase the capacity we have on our vehicles to serve the community. In the North Bay, more smart trains are running, another 10 getting added on weekdays, another 12 trips for Saturday, where previously there were none. We wanted to make sure we captured people as they started um, you know, partaking in their life again, so going to work, um, doing leisure activities on the weekends, and we wanted to make sure that we were going to be a part of that. And BART had a big week last week, hitting ridership highs since the pandemic began on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And check this out. These are weekly occupancy charts for one of BART's busiest lines, SFO to Antioch, going back 20 weeks to the start of the new year. More yellow means more riders. As the vaccine rolls out, you can see more yellow squares start to appear, a visual cue that, yes, more people are riding BART. Do all these extra people make you nervous? Yes. Brittany Bastida says she definitely has noticed more people on BART, and it's going to take some getting used to. Now there's people standing next to me or sitting next to me or there's like a kid on their lap, and I'm just not comfortable with it. <laughs> You're not psychologically prepared for that. Yes. <laughs> Kit, what are you hearing about Caltrain traffic? Yes, yeah, so uh, Caltrain just released uh, their latest numbers, and they're very far off pre-pandemic numbers, but they are climbing. We've got to average weekly riders back in January, right around 3,000 or so, and that has climbed up steadily. The latest numbers in March show that number nearly 4,000 average weekly riders. So they're on their way up. It's coming back. Everything's slowly coming back. All right, Kit. Thank you. Good. Well, it's very good. Yeah, it's very good to hear. Um, and I hope, I hope even more people take transit now that they've realized the beauty of, you know, maybe not driving so much for quite a while. Well, I think these are mostly regular transit users from before getting back on. Yeah. Uh, on <clears throat> there may be some newbies on there who weren't on there before, but this is going to be mostly just regular people who took transit as part of their day-to-day -day life, kind of getting yeah. back into the swing of things to the extent that they can. So, Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So I, I'm in a good for them and good for us um and but yeah i really hope that uh beyond that cohort i think that if we can see some more folks adopting uh, a transit oriented lifestyle that'd be great especially uh, if you get some sort of hybrid environment where you only have to go in maybe two or three days a week maybe it makes it a little easier to think about yeah i'll hop on the, the light rail and get some work done and you know uh, spend my time productively rather than sitting in traffic to go like 10 miles in two hours this may all this may also be able to encourage and incentivize transit because people maybe there'll be just a little more flexibility and some yeah. folks are like hey if i miss my transfer i'm half an hour late to work whereas now after you know after the last year that we've had maybe maybe even that same employer will be a little more inclined to be like oh well if you take transit don't stress out about being a half hour late you can just stay an extra half hour right yeah I, I think that's sort of getting to be the, the state of work these days anyway. Um, and, you know, gigs that I've had recently, it's always been sort of, you know, to just get the shit done. <laughs> this is when it needs to get done. I don't care when you get it done. Just get it done. Um, make it happen. So, well, that's, you know, speaking of incentivizing and, and making it maybe a little more feasible for folks, um, sounds like Muni is st still moving forward with, uh, or there's, there's a movement still moving forward to make Muni free. This is amazing. That would incentivize using transit, I think. We knew this morning an unexpected roadblock in San Francisco's plan to provide free muni service. Oh, no. Just after supervisors approved the plan, Mayor London Breed seemed to slam on the brakes. What? Sierra Johnson joins us live in San Francisco this morning to explain why the free ride idea seems to have just stalled out, Sierra. Nice analogy. 
Yes, good morning, Laura. That free ride idea would have given free rides until at least the end of September with the July 1st start date. But that start date is looking a little out of reach. That's because that proposal has hit Mayor London Breed's desk, and she has already said that she would veto it. So as it stands now, the proposal to make the transit fare uh. free, it did pass at Tuesday's Board of Supervisors meeting. It passed seven to four, just one vote from being able to override a veto from the mayor. That would need eight to happen and according to the Chronicle Mayor London Breed said she plans to veto the measure once it reaches her desk. Well for months city leaders have discussed what a fair free transit system would look like with supervisors for the free transit saying it would spur the city's economy as well as benefit middle and low income riders. Well in a statement to the Chronicle Mayor London Breed's office says quote the mayor believes we need to return Muni to full service to support our economic recovery especially for our lower income communities before we use precious general fund dollars to provide free rides for those who don't need it. It is important to note that ridership is still well below pre-pandemic numbers. Just to give you an idea on your screen, there February of last year, Muni saw more than 500,000 riders and hit a low of fewer than 100,000 riders a day in April of last year. At the beginning of the month, those numbers are ticking up just slightly to a little more than 200,000 riders a day. So right now, as it stands now, it's unclear if the mayor has officially vetoed that proposal. We will, of course, continue to reach out to her office to see where things stand there. And in terms of the Board of Supervisors, we'll continue to stay in contact with them to see how they plan to pivot. There are the hopes of starting the program July 1st. If it's vetoed, that's not going to happen. We're going to see where things stand and stay in communication with them as well. We're live in San Francisco. Sierra Johnson for Today in the Bay. Yeah, fuck that shit. Why, why would you veto that shit? It's temporary. Seriously, the numbers there were pretty impressive, though, too. I mean, was that 500,000 a day people on Muni? Or I mean, that's that, got to be... Over the month. That's a, that's a day. That's like daily ridership. That's amazing. I mean, San Francisco itself has a population of, what, 800,000, maybe, oh, right? But right, but that's... How many people work there? Versus well, no, I, I, no, yeah, obviously, but just the... the, the just to see the volume you can get and the scale you can get when you actually build a city and build a transit system you know, to that city, right? And, and vice versa. Um, granted, San Francisco was developed in that way a lot better than other places, but San Jose had plenty of potential to be developed that way. They just didn't decide to do it that way. Um, so you can tap, you can absolutely get people on the train or in the bus. Um, you just need to, uh, you know, send it where people want to go and pick them up where they are. But I don't understand that argument about, you know, this, uh, we, we have to help low-income people, so we're going to charge for Muni. I, I just think, like, <clears throat> I, hope they, I hope they can work out something. Like, okay, fine, we won't just make it free for everybody, but if anybody requests a free pass, we just give them a month pass. You know what I'm saying? Like, that might be a good way so the tourists don't, maybe don't know about it, and so you get some tourist revenue going into the, going into the, the system. Like literally you go into it. Like, I'm not saying you have to like apply. I'm saying you like go into an office somewhere. They don't even, uh, the only requirement should have to be that you're in San Francisco right now. And then you get a pass for the rest of the yeah. month. Like, or, like, or, or like residency slash work, right? You just prove that you, you prove that you work or you live in the city. So that's not too Or anywhere steep. in the damn Bay area for fuck's sake. It's not too, not too steep of a, of a, a hill to climb in. Yeah. You'd make in San Francisco, especially you'd make plenty of money off of people just charging the, the tourists. <laughs> you'd make plenty of, and you're, you're never, you know, the, the, the cost recovery on these systems isn't 
always the best. I mean, you're almost never going to break even. You're always going to be subsidizing these systems with general fund dollars. That's the point. It's public transportation, just like you subsidize other you know, public services. So yeah, make it, make it the fuck free. More people will take it. They'll go to, they'll do more shopping. They'll do more commerce. They'll get more better. They'll be able to get better jobs and pay taxes and just you know, maybe work more jobs and pay more taxes. So it, but yeah, it benefits everyone and you'll have more tax revenue to spend on the trains. And the thing they were proposing was like two or three months. Yeah. A trial, right? Like a, a pilot project, especially during COVID it makes perfect sense. Why not? I guess if she like, got if she got a veto, she got to veto it. But I feel like that that they're only one away from like veto proof, right? And I feel like maybe one of those people thirds, who voted yeah. no might be like, you know what? I'm not even for this, but the the council voted for it, or the 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 soups voted for it. And, the majority and, is for it, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and flip my vote here. That'd be honorable, but yeah, you need to be get to two thirds to overturn a veto. That's not the same. That's that's um, how it works in San Francisco and cities with a. Uh, uh, a mayor executive former government like strong we have mayor, a they call it quote-unquote strong mayor um i don't necessarily like to call it that because to me it's like if you're a strong mayor you're a strong mayor and you can make it you can make the the other system work the system we have in san jose is a city manager council former government so the mayor does have some powers of you know leading the council but they're just another vote in the council and they, they can't, can't override they can't veto the council. You still, they still have to get six votes right on any given Tuesday to, to get anything done. Um, cause they won't be able to override it. <laughs> um, but they do have the power to, you know, to, to lead on the budget and lead on other initiatives. Um, and they have a bigger office and a bigger budget. So they can, they are the mayor's generally the voice of San Jose, right? The, the figurehead. Um, but they don't have any more voting power than another council member. Although they're debating that now we'll get to that some other time on down ballot. Um, well, that was leading off our transit, our transit section for leading off. That was pretty, pretty good. Well, I don't know that second story. Like I said, not watching the videos before we, we run them on the show. Cause we want to be fresh when we see the video mm. sort of has its, uh, ups and downs. Cause I was a little surprised by that. But like I said, that's only one vote away from that overturn. So I don't know. One of them, no we votes could get a little spicy and be like, Oh, you're trying to challenge our authority as the council. No, it wouldn't be that they were honorable. It would be that they were like, I can be in the news. I can be important. I can get like goodwill among the citizenry you know what i'm saying it wouldn't be you know unheard of for a san francisco supervisor to want to make a little you know splash for themselves <laughs> right we've Pes never seen Aaron, any Aaron of that Peskin, they, never, they never show up at burning buildings or anything no like that. And, and, and complain about the fire department not doing their job you know <laughs> right as the fire department is doing a fire He's doing department. their job and putting the fire out right right behind them none of them i don't know what's going on i'm very upset and none of those people grandstand ever never ever <laughs> They're politicians. They're they're honorable, you know, uh, quiet, mild mannered people. They just try, like they like to get stuff done. They don't need the fanfare. Well, we're gonna move on into winners and losers. And our first story is a winner. And not only is it a winner, it's another Dave predicted the thing right. Oh, I like this. I was fucking straight up saying that the Bay Area, and I specifically said Santa Clara County because of all the tech and science here, like that I t shit on so much, but that because of that, those industries being here, that we were going to be killing it on vaccine numbers and that we were going to have a much lower vaccine hesitancy. Well, it turns out that the Bay Area in general is killing it on the vaccine numbers, including Ooh. Santa Clara County. So I was us. right. And then some congrats on you and good on us. Let's, let's hear check about out it. This, let's check out this story from NBC Bay Area. Today, the U.S. will hit 50% of adult Americans that are fully vaccinated. This is a major milestone 
in our country's vaccination efforts. The United States is winning its battle with COVID-19, and the nine-county Bay Area is easily the most vaccinated region, with only Solano and Napa counties not ranking in the nation's top 20. Come on, Solano. Some two weeks after CDC officials relaxed social distancing and mask requirements for the 129... Solano County and Napa County are two different reasons. I think Solano County is a little less dense. Yes, that's And so I think it's going to be harder to get everybody vaccinated. And I think Napa County is a little bit of white upper class... Oh, yes. So there's going to be a lot of a uh, lot of hesitancy there, I think I'm going to say. I, I would agree with you there. And there's a lot of, it's kind of, not rural, but there's definitely some, it's you know, not, folks. It's also less dense, but it's, it, I think it's. Correct. Yeah, there's more cities like in Napa than Solano County, I think. Correct. Like the city folk will get, will get uh, vaccinated, but the, the, the folks who live a little further out, they're going to be like, you know, I, I have a half an acre between me and my nearest neighbor. I'm fine. 39 million adults now fully vaccinated. Tonight, we found out how Marin County has managed to lead the country in vaccinated adults at 73%. We're the densest, whitest county on earth. (laughs) Public health officer Dr. Matt Willis says the county has the advantage of many highly educated Uh, residents who understand the science and have been willing to go to get the vaccine. And that, in turn, freed health officials to get the vaccine out to others. That it really allowed us in public health to focus on those that need a little bit of extra support and help to get to the vaccine. A little more education, a little more outreach. Still, concerns remain about so-called vaccine breakthrough infections. Those are the ones found in people two weeks or more past the final vaccine dose. But a new CDC survey shows in the first four months of this year, those infections occurring in only 0.01% of those vaccinated. Dr. Willis is far more worried about the variants they're finding in Marin. We're seeing India strain, we're seeing um, South Africa strain, we're seeing UK strain. So that's, uh, that's, I think, to me, that's one of the biggest, the biggest concerns and the biggest unknowns for the future. While today's announcement's a huge milestone, the spread of the virus continues in the United States. There's a seven-day average of 23,000 new cases. Why isn't he doing this from a truck? deaths per day. In Marin County. He's live. NBC Bay Area News. He's yeah, live, Dave. He's I just live. Wish, I, think, I mean, if you're doing it from your cell phone, the rule is you have to do it from your truck. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, you see this a lot now actually with them in their back seat or their car or the front seat, right? And they're doing the, the interview and why even cut to yourself? Like there's really no need, like just to, to prove that you're out there live on the scene. I trust the, I trust that you are, <laughs> I trust that at some point you were live on the scene. Um, but at 11 o'clock at night, I don't need to see you like, you know, walking along at sunset doing a selfie, like, Hey, this is my story. Um, well, uh, Anyway, regardless, we're doing great. That's great. That's great to hear. I'm very proud of us. Um, I'm actually a little disappointed that Santa Clara County isn't kicking a little more ass. We should be. You'd think, right? We were the very first to to go into shutdown. We we got world famous um, because of Dr. Sarah Cody. Um, and uh, you'd think that we had enough educated people um, here. Um, no, and that, I don't mean to be so. Not just that; it's that our public health system here in Santa Clara County is like very good. Solid. Yeah, we have a great public health system. Um, and when I and when I make that equation, when they say you know um, highly educated to white people, I mean yes, I, I'm 
I'm making a, a broad judgment, but also that in a stereotype. Um, but the stereotype is actually, it's unfortunately true, right? But it's also this like trigger word. It's like a, it's like a, a dog whistle kind of a word, right? When they say uh, educated, right? They like mean they might rich. as well, yeah, they might as well say rich and white. Like you know, just say what say what it is, right? Don't don't try and hide it and try and make it all nice. Like oh, educated. Well, ever anyone could be highly educated. It's like yes, but you're in Marin. <laughs> it's like you don't you don't need to hide <laughs> we know the demographics the average age there is also older too so um yeah. Like, yeah. so like they got a they had a head start because the average age is older and the older folks were able to get the vaccine before anyone else so yeah it's also yeah, that yeah, and you've got you've got folks with more free time, more more disposable income, and and just availability, right, to be able to just go and get a vaccine whenever they wanted to. Right? A new Escalade, right, to like drive they, to get the vaccine in, right? They and they can they don't have to worry about when they're going to schedule their vaccine. They don't have to reference like three different work schedules to be like, okay, I have a half hour here when I can like walk down the street, you know, and back, and hopefully get back for my second job before you know. I'm fired, right? To get my vaccine, they can just be like, "Well, I'm I'm available. Oh, oh I'm flexible. I can come at one p.m. tomorrow or one thirty today." So I don't know why I gave them a British accent. They're just from Marin, but whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Britain right, comes well, to our Marin. next story is a loser. Notice how it hasn't rained much. I have noticed that. I actually had to water my trees. I didn't know you had to water trees, but you do apparently. I mean, if it doesn't rain, I guess they got to get water somewhere. I guess it's from you. I had an arborist tell me like he, he he was trimming my other tree and he's like, that tree needs water. I'm like, how can you tell? He's like, just water it. I'm like, all right, you're the arborist. You're like, I drink a lot of beer. Can I just pee on the tree? Does that work? <laughs> I was, and I figured I wasn't paying him to, to give me that information. So I figured he was probably just being nice and, uh, you know, passing along a good tip. He's a shell so for I, big water. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like there's going to be a drought company. this year and it looks like it might be Fuck. worse than other droughts exceptional they might say well let's start stocking up on water i guess also today we are keeping a close eye on the drought conditions here in the bay area our meteorologists have been tracking the conditions and the drought outlook continues to worsen for much of the bay area nbc bay area sierra johnson is live in an update oh, sierra again the measure one community is taking for water conservation hi sierra He's like, I've had to do every story this week. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so exhausted. I'm live everywhere. Hi, <laughs> yes, we've been in this location near Horse Hill here in Marin County several times over the last couple of months. And I can tell you right. that patch of land behind me has gotten increasingly brown. It was a lush green color just a couple of weeks ago. But in the last two weeks, it has really turned. That's a good indication that the drought is approaching. Our meteorologists have been talking about it, following it, and it has been made official. Many counties here in the Bay Area are officially under that extended uh, drought measure. So the county is now classified as D4 or exceptional. That's the highest classification. Uh, that is Napa and Contra Costa. Those are the counties that have been added to that classification. Classification also extends to the Sacramento Valley and interior portions of Northern California. And right now in the Golden State, about 26% of the state, a little more than a quarter, is currently under that exceptional drought category. And here in Marin County, just last week, the county's Board of Supervisors declared a drought emergency. That move will allow for federal as well as state aid. And as it stands, Marin Waters Reservoir levels currently at about 50%. This is the lowest level uh, Marin County Water Board tells us in 40 years. This time of year, it's typically above 90%. So because of that, 
the board extended additional measures to preserve their water. Spray irrigation is now limited to two days a week and that drip irrigation limited to three days a week. So these conditions both here in Marin and further north in Napa and Contra Costa counties, we will continue to monitor those situations as we approach that much dreaded fire season. We're live in Marin County, Mill Valley, Sierra Johnson for NBC Bay Area News. Okay, thank you, Sierra. And oh, sorry, Chris, more restrictions are probably going to be coming, right? Yeah, let's turn to Carrie for expert advice on that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we really have to think about how we're going to save as much water as we can. It's not just a California problem. It's a team report. How expansive this drought is across the region. You can see that mostly half of Nevada, as well as Utah and Arizona and New Mexico, covered in that highest level of drought. And more of that is moving into California and especially the Bay Area, as we've seen the darker red shade, the exceptional drought really expanding there into the Sacramento Valley. In to parts of Northern California. So what does that mean for you? When we hit exceptional drought, well, this means that we have a year-round fire season. We've already had a record start to our fire season, and that means that water shortages are widespread. And I'm just thinking right now, this is just, you know what, all the shit we've been covering up in Redding, what Redding mm -hmm. needs right now is a drought yep. and then some fires. That'll just fucking turn down the heat and everybody will just, cooler <clears throat> heads will prevail, everything will be fine, everybody will kumbaya, right? Oh, for sure. It'll, it'll clear the air. <laughs> it'll wipe the, wipe the slate clean. Uh, it'll, it'll let everyone just burn their frustrations away, and then we can all come back and try to rebuild better together. For our agriculture, those fields are just left barren and food prices rise, not just for California, yes. but because we are the largest producer of a lot of our fruits and vegetables and nuts for the country, it's going to be effective, uh, really hard so, hitting across the country. Pause this right here. So our food yeah. prices really. Just, so just everyone pay attention to that list of things, right? Um, because that's not, that's not just going to be this year. It's not just going to be drought season. This, these are the kind of symptoms uh, that you're going to see worldwide um, because of fucking climate change, which is which is fucking happening, and quote unquote global warming, which is fucking happening. Um, and it's going to start causing mass migration and mass exoduses and max, you know, and uh, uh, mass food and water shortages and wars over food and water more often than oil or other resources, right? Uh, or gold like we used to have. So um, pay attention to these things because this is, this is just going to keep happening over and over. And we're going to see more and more uh, that places in this world are going to get inhabitable to humans. Um, and they're going to, the humans are going to have to go somewhere and they're going to start coming here until California is uninhabitable. And then just keep moving North, I guess, until, <laughs> until we're in the Arctic. Um, yeah. Anyway, watch out start to rise the tree mortality is high and of course that's really tree mortality as we look at our, our trees and they basically add fuel to any wildfires that get going those dead trees across our landscape and then we have the poor air quality as a result of the lack of rainfall and the fires here's what we're expecting as we go through the forecast we've had some showers to the north of us and we've we're not watching the weather forecast. that's kept us cool no we well, don't have to, to, go into the <coughs> to but yeah i mean this is i mean that's scary <clears throat> You Thank know, you. one individual hot summer isn't really like indi indication of climate change, but this is like, this isn't just one. No, this has been going on. This right? is whatever, it's, whatever the opposite of just one is, is what this is, right? It's exceptional. That, that's all I'll say. Maybe when we are winners, because we're not only great in the vaccines, we're exceptional in droughtness and not raining. So, um, 
yeah, it's it's yeah, whatever whatever this is, we're doing very well at it, and getting it's getting worse every year. So be careful if you're out if you're camping. Make sure you put your coals, you know, out. Don't do anything stupid. Don't smoke a stogie and leave the butt like on the trail, right? Put that shit out. Put it in the box. Take it back to the trash can. So this next story only got put on the docket because, well, it reminds me of a Dan Badondi story, but this is probably going to be much better reported. So any like old school Plex fans, you know exactly, you'll know exactly what Dan Badondi story I'm talking about when we uh, see this video here. This is from, uh, where is this? This is uh, uh, Linda Marr, I think. Yeah. Dead whale washes up on Linda Marr Beach. New at 11, another whale has washed ashore. Look at this here. This time in Pacifica. This video is from Lindemar Beach this evening. We reached out to the Aww. Marine Mammal Center. They tell us they've received several calls about this whale and will be sending a crew to the Aww. beach tomorrow morning. Now, since February, at least nine other whales have been found dead in or near the bay. No word tonight of what type of whale this is, but we should get more information tomorrow. Aww. That's too bad. That is too bad. They did that's, a much better job reporting that than Dan Badondi did because Dan Badondi was like, oh, I touched it. It smells. <laughs> is Dan Badondi like a, a frequenter of dead whale, corp or whale corpses on the beach? Wait, you don't, you don't remember the story about the hunchback whale? Oh, shit. I'm sure I do, but I've, I smoke a lot of drugs, producer D. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. We can, we can, we'll have to review we can it actually on... do a little bit of explaining. We we could review it on this this year and last week, sometime on the <coughs> on Saturday. No, I mean like I literally just have it and it's not long. We're gonna do oh, a little. Okay. Here's for uh, <clears throat> for some contrast. Here's what would happen up in New Hampshire if Infowars sent out a reporter to cover a dead whale. All right, folks, Dan Vidani, TruthRadioShow.com. We're here in Jamestown, Rhode Island, the Beaver Tail. Uh, a couple days ago, this lodge, about 40 feet, uh, lodge hunchback whale washed up on shore here at the lodge in Jamestown, Rhode Island. <laughs> we're down here live. Uh, hunchback down whale. Huge spectators. Uh, a lot of people coming out to see this whale. Because um, not every day you get to see a hunchback whale. And uh, you see it right here. It's uh, about 40 feet long, and the camera doesn't know justice. It's huge. And I'm actually uh, downwind, right, actually upwind right now because the wind's blowing that way. And if you're on that side of the rocks, uh, I mean, it's a horrible smell. It really is. It's really... Uh, and you were the whale, Dan. Um, well, here, you know, I get the ocean air coming this way. TBD. So smell it. But right here, uh, hunchback whale. Uh, the head of it right there. And it goes up to the tail. And there's the fins and all that. And, uh, you know, not every day you get to see one of these things. Unfortunately, you're going to see it dead. But um, usually you get to take uh, Oh, man. So that's the video. Uh, if there wasn't this beautiful creature lying dead on the beach behind him, just sort of flopping in the breeze, I would be. It would be so much more funny. But it's it's, it's like tragic that he's <laughs> he's doing this, and he's doing the reporter thing. He's just like, it's almost like it's. You're right. It's almost like watching Infowars, and he's like, "We're going to go live on the scene to the no, no, dead whale with Dan Bedondi." That's pretty old. He still worked for Infowars. Oh shit. Like, let's go to Dan Bedondi with the live on the scene reporting, and then it's like the selfie like Terry McSweeney. Hi guys. Let me check. Let's check out this hunchback whale and the hunchback whale, the Quasimodo whale. Apparently, not not the humpback, the, the hunchback. We keep a uh, we keep a folder on Google Drive of some real classic shit. I'll share I'll share it with you so you can just kind of take a look at what's there. So most of it's named now because we've kind of gone through and named it. We have like oh. stuff dating all the way back to like 2013, Mass oh, and Star man. Moon freakouts and stuff. Pretty pretty good I, stuff. 
I will just dive into that and never come back again. And then my wife will wonder, the good wife will wonder where the hell you are. Where are you? Well, who needs to get their shit together this week? Uh, Apparently San Jose teens um, need to get their shit together and start getting that vaccine. uh, Because otherwise this city of San Jose is going to try and pull all sorts of marketing tricks and make us all laugh. The effort to vaccinate young people in San Jose has a new weapon. So the city actually reached out to me. Johnny Tran is a social media influencer. That means the Bay Area resident has a ton of followers on Instagram. More than 64,000 people who listen when he says get vaxxed. I think it does help to see more of a familiar face. So to advocate for the vaccine, it, especially when your peers are in support of it, A face familiar to Instagram users, and that's the plan. We can help the information move along more quickly. San Jose is enlisting 25 social media influencers to help convince young people to get the I know. I didn't get a call. Foundation is ponying up. No, we're already like screaming from the fucking tops of the buildings and shit to get the vaccine. We don't, they don't, like, like, uh, nobody listens to these guys anyway, and they're already like making fun of anti-vaxxers. I think, I think they're, I think we got them. We've probably reached peak, you know, audience vaccin- vaccination at this point. At our audience, yeah, for sure. Our audience, yeah. <laughs> $125,000 to sweeten the deal for those, like Johnny, doing the posting. In terms of the route to, uh, to get to people, Chris the Thompson. challenge we have in San Jose is that there's uh, portions of our population that have been underserved by vaccination. It's a route well-traveled by teenagers who get a lot of information and advice from their social networks giving a call to action for young people around me or my own communities to get vaccinated as well. There have been more than 1.2 million views of the vaccination-related posts so far. Those running the program say they hope to tap into the social networks for future issues regarding young people. In San Jose, Scott Budman, NBC, Bay Area News. Oh, I got news for you. If those people are like, oh, I wonder what's going on with vaccines on social media, I got news for them. (laughs) <laughs> they're like let's just look up vaccines on fifth oh whoa <laughs> hello facebook right yeah uh, that's this that's pretty funny um by the way who's who is this johnny tram person why does he have sixty five thousand or whatever instagram followers i, I don't know probably, I mean, you, should we be following him nah i don't think he's in our lane oh okay like i, don't I mean think, i don't i don't I'm know I don't, gonna... I don't follow fucking anybody on i follow like only local musicians on instagram that's just yeah, who I'm I follow not... on Instagram. And then they like, and they're like, oh, your show's not on Facebook. I'm not watching it. Yeah. I have like, you know, 600 or so followers on Instagram. I felt pretty good about that. But, you know, 60,000, that's, that's pretty good. I'm guessing he provides some sort of valuable content for his subscribers. So, M- perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, San Jose, hey, if you want to get your shit together for reals, you know, listen to producer Dave. He's got the tips. He knows how to reach the community. He knows how to reach those hard to reach people who don't necessarily trust government. Um, So if you're looking to spend some money, Knight Foundation, Chris Thompson, I see you, Chris. I see you. Uh, If you're looking to spend some money, uh, you know, hit up the Echoplex. We're not a nonprofit, but we could find a fiscal sponsor. You know, um, you know that uh, like on PBS where it's like, 
This show is underwritten by the Knight Foundation. I would love to fucking play that before I do like Scientology shit. That'd be so Oh, absolutely. Funny. It'd be fabulous. Well, we did the thing is you don't need to be a nonprofit, right? We don't even have to be incorporated. We can just get a fiscal fiscal agent to disperse the money to us. They get the grant and then they dis, they disperse the money to us. So I can I can talk to some of our local nonprofits and you know, one of maybe Creative or one of the more uh communications oriented ones wouldn't mind being our our fiscal agent. Anyway, we're going to move on to down ballot slash recall watch. And this, this is the fucking good one. This, this, this is fucking, the jam right here. This, this is clip the... is real good. So this is from ABC seven. Um, and this is, Oh, hey. I got to follow this lunatic. All right. Um, this is from ABC seven and this guy's running for governor on, um, well, you'll see. Yeah. So you've just launched your campaign. Your platform is different to say the least. What exactly <laughs> are you running on? Very simple plan. The plan is to become governor and declare California an independent country. So a vote for you is a vote for secession from the U.S.? Exactly. That's exactly what this campaign is about. It will be the first time in history that the people of California will actually have a chance to vote for secession, to vote for independence from the United States. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my. Was that it? Was that it? Yeah, that's from his thing. I couldn't find it, uh, the whole interview on ABC7's website or anything. So what's his, uh, what's his name? Do you, do you have a... I didn't look him up yet. Oh. Yeah, his name is uh, Louis Marinelli? Louis Marinelli. Louis Marinelli. Sounds like a good paisan. He had a so globe. He, wants... he had a globe behind him in his, oh. in his little office, so I don't trust him. Yeah, anytime there's a globe or an orb, um, especially if it's in someone's front yard. Have you seen those orbs with like the water fountain coming out the top, right? And it kind of like the water cascades down the orb and then recycles back through the orb and comes out again. Those really freak me out. Um, yeah. I'm just saying that like anybody, anytime we see anybody with a globe in their background on their YouTube video, it's usually somebody we don't like. They're trying to look worldly, right? And globally. By showing the world. They think globally and they, th they, they are worldly people. Yeah, no, I think that's overkill. It's like this, it's like when you come on with a bunch of books in the shelf behind you, right? As you can see, I just have a bunch of bobbleheads and random office crap around me because that's sort of how I roll. I don't have time for books. Uh, I mean, I have a I have a painting of Madison Star Moon as a clown. I have a rainbow record, beautiful, and I have a DJ equipment. And the DJ equipment is just so people think I'm cool. And then the poster from the X Files. Oh which, yeah, yeah, that's off. That's like only in the shot when it's the wide shot. And right. the camera that you see me on is actually like has a wider, oh. like wider field of view than the camera that I uh, use. I got you. Use for the stream, but yeah, there's an I, I want to believe poster because I don't believe that doesn't mean I don't want to, you know. Right, right. Uh, but so, what do you speaking of believing? Do you believe in secession? Should we should California become its own independent country? Fuck no, because then America would just invade us, and then we'd be America again, but but, but blown up. Like, come on, you met America. <laughs> give up our freedom. We'd have we'd have, we'd become a police state. No, that's they'd true. They just bomb us, and then we'd be America again. I mean, we could we could always just we could gang up. We could go with like Washington and Oregon, maybe maybe Idaho, but well, just Washington and Oregon they, would be fine. Th that's great. Then they'd bomb four states and take us back. Maybe. What if we attack them first? Build a big wall. <laughs> what if we built a big wall and made Nevada pay for it? Right down the middle. Right down the middle of of Lake Tahoe, we could build a big wall. I think we Maybe could pull it off awesome. if we could convince Texas and Florida to come with us, but then we'd have Texas and Florida with us. It'd be a really weird country, too. We'd be hopping over each other, too, kind of like with the Alaska thing and Hawaii. Um, I'd, I'd prefer to be contiguous. So maybe like Nevada, maybe Arizona. You need As long as you have some, some uh, economy, right? And California is the eighth largest economy in the world. Thank you. So we would certainly be able to compete um, 
you know, financially, economically, um, as far as a, a you know, a, a partnering nation with America, Cascadia, if you will. Um, yeah, but the problem is, again, if states all, if a bunch of states secede, they're just going to get invaded. And they're like, oh, you used to be your own country for a week. Who knows? Who knows these days, man? We're, you know, we're kind of, a, we're kind of peaceniks these days, aren't we? So, um, we want ceasefires. So who, who knows? Maybe there would be some sort of compromise. Yo, here's the next thing on uh, our down ballot watch. Oh yeah, this uh, happened, by the way, that no one realized it because it happened the night before the VTA um, incident. Uh, but yeah, something big happened. Yeah, something that I'm like not exactly pleased about. The uh, San Jose City Council unanimously approved the downtown development in San Jose for Google. Oops. Green light to Google's massive new headquarters. The Google campus will give downtown a dramatic makeover and bring thousands of jobs. There are concerns, however, about its impact on the housing market. KPIX5 reporter Devin Feely has details. The mayor says the Google development will be transformative for San Jose, and that's exactly what critics are worried about. Despite the mayor and Google's assurances, they say that they fear it will only deepen the affordable housing crisis. After years of debate, the city council appears ready to approve the sprawling billion-dollar Google complex that could shape downtown San Jose for generations. We wouldn't be giving any money to Google, and Google wouldn't expect any money from us. There'd be no tax breaks, no subsidies. Google's planning to invest more than a billion dollars to build its new headquarters. It's twice the size of the Apple spaceship and will include 300 hotel rooms and roughly 4,000 housing units. Homelessness keeps increasing. Pastor Scott Wager says oh, he's wagers. that bringing thousands of high-paying tech jobs to San Jose will deepen the affordable housing and homelessness crises. We need money for the unhoused. We need property for the unhoused. We need we need new ideas for the unhoused. In addition to the new headquarters, Google signed a $200 million community benefits plan, agreeing to build a thousand affordable housing units and create a $154 million community fund to battle homelessness. Still, not everyone is convinced. So many people who could afford this area to live here have already been pushed out and I think it's done uh, more of a detriment to have a big tech head in this area. It's good for the markets, good for the economy, but what about the little people? The mayor says the development is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that will benefit the entire community. The mayor says that Google is likely to break ground on the project sometime next year, but that it's going to take the better part of a decade to fully build out. In San Jose, Devin Feely, KPIX5. Nope. Company town don't like it. Fuck it. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, that could be, that's a legit concern for sure. Um, as far as the concerns about, you know, housing displacement, the, the, the larger scale concerns about the changing dynamics of the city and the changing character of the city. If you explore the general plan and explore the, the and general for very good reason, it's called the general plan because it's the general plan. It's sort of the general guidelines, right? The blueprint, um, that area where that complex out of complex is going to be built. Um, it's slated for something that dense, something along, something that has all of those aspects to it already. No matter if it's Google or it's 50 companies or it was a baseball stadium or any, you know, you name what could go in there, right? Regardless of what it of what it was, there's going to be a ton of housing, a ton of jobs and commercial and a ton of, you know, retail and an expanded transit center there, regardless of who the tenant is, right? Yes, it's very 
I think it is, it, it, you know, it's always concerning when you have a single tenant like that and you have, and they have tons of money and unlimited resources for lobbying and, and working, uh, working the angles and tons of, you know, attorneys on attorneys on attorneys on attorneys. They have a whole department of attorneys, right? Um, it's incredibly concerning. Uh, I, I'll tell, I'll say this much, probably getting more from Google than you get from Amazon for the same kind of deal. Um, not to give them a, a pass or anything. Um, I mean, are those the choices? Yes and no. Um, I mean, Google's the one that decided to buy up the land and put put themselves in a position to actually develop the property. So it's you know, at the end of the day, not to sound Republican or anything, but it's their you know it's their property, um, and they've proposed something that's within the realm of what's allowed. So there's not a whole lot that the that we can say as you know, or you can say as a government to say, well, you can't do that because they can do that because the rules say that they can do that. Um, so uh, the fact that they got any com- made any community investment or even pledges at all is a win, frankly, because you just don't. So we've we've covered developers on this show, right? Who 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 basically enslave their employees, right? Or don't or turn a blind eye to people being kept in like you know uh, shipping crates to to work on construction projects, right? Um, so it gets worse. It definitely gets worse. Um, so I, everyone, you're absolutely right, and everyone is absolutely. 100% right to be concerned and to to be vigilant as fuck with this, right? And that's the only reason we've got they've gotten such concessions from Google in the first place is that from day 1 the community and the grassroots were pushing back and right and holding people account trying to hold people accountable, trying to hold some feet to the fire. It doesn't always work and it doesn't always benefit at all, right? So the fact that they've gotten anything at all out of it is a win. I don't but I don't mean to downplay that we shouldn't obviously be vigilant and watch out and, and watch our back and make sure that the the great Google overlord <laughs> doesn't take over San Jose. Like it hasn't in Mountain View to, to, to the, for the most part. Um, and they could have built this. They, any, you know, they could have picked anywhere to build this. They were going to expand. It's not like these jobs that weren't going to exist somewhere in the Bay area. They just happen to exist in San Jose now. So the good news is that we'll have more revenue to spend on services for people throughout San Jose. Right. Um, and hopefully on programs that will prevent displacement and we'll get more people in housing. So from all the, ta- just from the tax revenue, we're going to, that will be generated by a project like this, right. Over time. So Yo, two things, one, it's the <clears throat> up and down 1,000 units of a, a, a fucking affordable housing. They may have well built zero. That doesn't do shit. Um, it's, it's, it's not going to solve the problem. No, but the, out of 4,000 units, I think, you know, with 1,000, 25% are, you know, affordable. It's it's more than is required from other projects in San Jose, where it's a fifteen percent. Also, like, affordable. what do they mean when they say affordable? But the other thing it, is, antitrust is coming for Google. Anti. That's why they. That's why they broke it up, right? Under Alphabet. No, that's what I mean. Antitrust is coming for Google. So this might be a pretty. Oh, hey. We'll we'll see how this goes, but I think antitrust drive-by. is coming for Google. Someone's coming for me. There was a drive-by in my neighborhood just now, apparently. Um. No, yeah, well, we we shall definitely see, but uh, uh, at the end of the day, something's coming to that area, and so it'll be Google for now. But who knows what happens? Ten years is a long time, right? So we shall see. Bart is definitely coming, um, and the sharks are staying because the sharks. Wouldn't you know it? The sharks cut a deal at the last minute to make sure that they would have enough parking for their patrons um, to come to the arena because that's what we need is more parking next to a station that's going to be handling Caltrain and Bart and light rail yeah let's let's have more space for cars that's a really good idea 
Well, this has been Thank a good you. show, and it looks like we're going to get it right around, right almost exactly an hour by the time everything's said and done. That's pretty fucking good, keeping it tight and together. That's nice. Nice. Yeah, This and this is actually just more um, just raw B footage. I thought it'd be really fun for us to close out the night with a little bit of a, uh, you know, spectacular uh, lunar um, visuals, and we could sort of, you know, chat about what's... what's uh, what's on our minds and, and, and enjoy the, the beautiful um, super blood flower moon that uh, came to the Bay Area uh, earlier this week. Um, it's actually, again, Wednesday morning. So many things happening Wednesday. What a weird, what a weird week. But. We are back here at 414 watching the total lunar eclipse happening outside right now. Our live pictures here coming to us from Cromford's Yolia Seves, who staked out and is on lunar watch for us this morning as uh, john's been keeping us updated we are in totality now right john yeah so this is totality it started at 4 10 a.m and it'll last around 15 minutes so we're right in the heart of it uh, you can still see that sliver of light there at the edge of the moon uh totality of the eclipse is going to be short um the moon seems to grow very uh, light uh, this reddish color right now you've still got some light from around the corners of the earth passing there right at the edge of the moon, which is why it's a little bit brighter uh, if you're looking at the right side of it currently. Uh, one of the reasons it's reddish right now is because the Earth is smack dab between the sun and the moon. So any light that's passing onto at least what we see of the moon right now is passing right past the Earth. And thus that light is passing through the Earth's atmosphere itself. The blue light in our atmosphere is reflecting it. So all you're getting that's passing through our atmosphere is that reddish glow that's eventually cast directly upon the moon itself. So I know a lot of you getting up a little bit extra early this morning so you can have a few minutes to maybe start your day on the calmer side, get your view of the total lunar eclipse this morning. It's a lunar eclipse and a supermoon only because the Earth, the Earth and the Moon are a little bit closer uh, in passing towards each other right now, which happens quite often. It's called perigee, uh, when the Moon just casts a little bit more light on the Earth because it's a little closer to us. It just happens so that the uh, Moon is in that phase currently, and we're looking at a lunar eclipse, uh, which here at the West Coast, James, we are lucky this morning because yeah. it is a clear morning than it was yesterday. You had a lot of things that had to go right for us to experience this this morning. Like you said, not only is it in the supermoon phase, but it's also in a lunar eclipse in that supermoon phase. Plus, we've got clear enough skies here in the Bay Area in North America where we could actually watch it. So, yeah, yeah pretty cool. I don't know when the next one is going to align like Winning. this for us to be able to see this nicely. But don't you love it when our only uplifting story has nothing to do with the behavior of humans at all? I, I think sometimes looking up uh, makes you feel better than looking around. So uh, I think this is a fantastic uh, piece. Don't look up at a solar eclipse, by the way. That's a really bad fucking idea. Um, you can only do that are, if you're the president. Right. These are fabulous. I love uh, lunar eclipses because, one, they happen more often. So you're more likely to see one. I think the last one happened like this in 2019. So plenty of opportunities to see them. Um, and uh, uh, it allows you to just observe something celestial and just out of this, just at, literally out of this world. And so much bigger than any one of us, right? Like these are powers and, uh, you know, gravitational fields and, you know, orbits and, 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 uh, and, uh, axes that have 
you know, been the same and been unchanged for millennia, right? No matter what's happened on earth with, you know, people or the species that have come before us as the dominant species, right? This is just how the solar system works now, right? And how our, 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 uh, moon orbits around the earth, right? So, uh, it's, it's beyond any of us. So once we're gone, you know, if we, if humans just kill ourselves, this will still be happening, right? Whatever creatures next will be observing this in, in wide-eyed wonder as well, too. So, for all of you down balladers out there, I figured this would be really inspiring, especially this week. We really need something inspiring. So that to me is inspiring is that the world goes on, right? And these things go on no matter what the fuck's happening here. Yeah. And podcast listeners, you couldn't see that, but you can check it out on YouTube. Probably I'll probably yeah. put this one up on YouTube. Absolutely. And if you're only listening to the podcast by now, you know, God bless your soul, but um, get on Twitch, get on the live stream, watch us, check us out. We're kind of handsome fellas, you know, so and producer Dave is definitely on the scene. He is available, ladies and guys. Ladies, and, excuse me? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh-uh. You know I mean, what I'm saying? A, I'm available for you to buy me drinks, ladies, I suppose. That's true. Ladies, strictly he's available. Diddly, strictly diddly. There you go. There you go. He's available for the drinks, ladies, and then for all you, jo- all you boys out there, you know, you, you know what you're getting with Producer Dave, so. Okay, thanks everybody for listening to Down Ballot. Like the councilman was saying, make sure you follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Uh, check us out on Facebook, I guess. On, you can go to yeah. our contact page at blackcomplexmedia.com, click the contact link, and you can follow all of us on Twitter if you feel like it. Maybe I should update that contact page soon, too. Um, this has been another episode of Down Ballot. I don't know what we're going to call this one, but I've been trying oh, to name And that's a very good beer. That's, you'll, have to bring, you'll have to bring me one next week when we do this together in the studio. I think we're going to have to, yeah. That, I'll have to bring some Brucey's over, so. Fuck yeah. Looking, looking forward to it. All right, next week, everybody, you're going to see the councilman up in the studio. It'll be fantastic. It's been down ballot. This will be, it's been a hell, it's been a hell of a year. It on has. This show. The show's it so has. much easier to do in person. Anyway, this is Periscope. The song is called Boomers. It's about Yo Mama. <laughs>